what are the tasks that my body needs to do to maximize longevity? I'm gonna end up with a list that looks something like this in my opinion. Hi friends, in this week's Bite Size Biohacks episode, I'm sharing a little teaser clip of an upcoming episode with Dr. Andy Galpin. You may have listened to Dr. Andy Galpin on the Huberman podcast. He did a six-part series, which was absolutely fascinating, all about fitness for health optimization and longevity. And in my chat with Andy, we talk about specific considerations, not just for longevity, but for women in particular and balancing hormonal health. And in today's Bite Size Biohack, you're going to share a little teaser of that upcoming interview. Stay tuned. The full interview will be released next Tuesday. But in the meantime, enjoy this little Bite Size with Dr. Andy Galpin. And then finally, then looking at in terms of longevity, let's take someone, they're not an athlete, okay, but they want to perform at the highest level. They're busy. So you can take <laughs> most women that fall into my category that have kids, run businesses, things like that. They're going to mm-hmm. have a reasonably high allostatic load, but you want to optimize mm-hmm. for longevity. What would that program look like in terms of optimizing for strength, muscle mass, mm-hmm. cardiovascular health, anaerobic capacity, all of those things? What would, how much time should we be spending in things like zone two training? How much time lifting and what rep ranges? Uh, what would you say? Sure. So I'd say in general, for women, uh, this answer changes a little bit because again, one of the car- things we started the conversation with is you do need to account for bone mineral density. And so most men it is there, but like of all the people we've run through, like it's just, it's just very rarely a problem in men. And if it is, it's kind of minor. With women, it's either not a problem, problem or very large problem. So at least, you know, a huge chunk of them, like we got to account for it. Um, if you look at the things that are going to predict mortality overall, as well as you just take a look at physiology and you say, well, what are the tasks that my body needs to do to maximize longevity? I'm going to end up with a list that looks something like this, in my opinion. I think you should be able to perform continuous exercise with no break whatsoever for 45 minutes plus, right? Call this at, zone. At what, I don't at what level? Yeah. At what? I don't care. So, but that could be just going for a walk. That wouldn't totally. be particularly challenging. Totally. Okay. Yep. I think you should be able to, and the reason I'm saying this is you're probably like, well, that's, of course that's easy. Yeah. But you'll find a lot of seven year olds who can't do that. Okay. Okay. But what about, so if you were optimizing, looking ahead, you're in your forties and you're thinking, I want to be a really fit 85, 90 year old, Mm -hmm. then what level of activity should you be able to sustain that exercise for 45 minutes? I'm going to get there. Okay. Okay. You're going to get there. Great. Again, what we're looking up here is, so here's what I'm doing. And I'm taking you to the end and saying, what do I want to be able to do when I'm 90? And then I'll tell you how to get there. Okay, cool. Right. So you need, you're going to want to be able to move for 45 minutes straight with no breaks. Yeah. Right. Whether this is you're walking around at Disneyland with your kid, whether this is, you know, gardening, whatever, whether you're, whether you're, you're, you're going to uh, exercise class at the, at the gym. So who cares, right? You're 90, you're out there training 45 minutes. That takes tissue tolerance, which means your body has to be able to handle and your joints have to be able to handle the movement nonstop for 45 minutes. Okay. I don't care what particular intensity that is, but you should be able to do that without having to stop and go, oh, I need to take a break here. Like we're walking around the flowers, looking at flowers with your you know, granddaughter. And you're just like, I got to sit down. Why? We're walking at a slow pace. Why? Okay, great. So 45 minutes consecutive. Two, you need to be able to get your heart rate very, very, very high. This is the max capacity here. And then handle that. And then be, have, be able to bring that back down. And then 
probably repeat that again. Even at this, 90? Yes, 100%. Okay. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, 100%, right? Or, or what are you doing as a 90-year-old? You might be alive, but you're not going to be able to do, mm -hmm. you're not going to be the most, you said optimized, right? What's an optimized yeah, yeah, 90? Optimized, exactly. You want to run up a flight of stairs. Totally. Or whatever, right? Like you want to, you know, you have to walk up the stairs. You're just walking up there. But now you're 90, so now it's going to take you to max heart rate. Who cares, right? If you're looking at optimizing the health of your body and brain, then you're probably considering blocking EMF. And that's why I love Bond Charge. They have EMF blocking blankets. They have these little stickers that you can put on your phone that contain crystals to reduce EMF exposure. They also test all of their products for EMF. So their red light therapy devices, their sauna blankets are all tested. They have a huge focus on limiting unnecessary exposure to EMF. And Bond Charge, as sponsors of this podcast, are giving listeners 20% off their entire higher range including their blue light blocking glasses all you need to do is head over to bonnecharge.com forward slash angela and use coupon code angela to save yourself 20 percent. that's b-o-n-c-h-a-r-g-e dot com slash angela and use coupon code angela to save yourself 20 percent um we need to be able to lift things up overhead. You want to put your luggage in the uh, airplane over your head by yourself and not be that person slowing the whole train down and everybody's there, right? You want to be able to, to do other functional things like that. That's going to require strength. It's going to require strength, particularly in your lower body, as well as grip strength. Um, and by the way, if you look at the research, all these things I'm mentioning uh, it stand out very clearly as independent predictors of mortality. So leg strength is extremely predictive of overall mortality. Grip strength is predictive. VO2 max is predictive uh, of mortality as well. And in fact, if you look at all the data, the data on this, um, in fact, I have right here, I haven't even taken it out of the box yet, uh, but my friend Peter Tia just came out with a cool I've book. I've got it. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Really good. Um, does yours have a cool Outlet, signed yeah. thing? And then mine like doesn't mine have a signed thing. No, now you show it off. <laughs> Sorry, PowerPoint. Um, he goes through a ton of the stuff. You can see a lot of the stuff in there, but... You're going to, be able to want to be able to do that. Um, and then lastly, you want to make sure that you don't hurt yourself. And one of the biggest issues that older individuals deal with is breaking a hip. Uh, I can't remember the exact numbers, but um, it's something like once you break a hip, life expectancy is like six months or something absurd like that. Um, that's not true. It's something crazy. Wasn't it like something like it's at least 30% you're more likely to die in the next 12 months or something? It's quite scary that you would something think it like would that. go up yeah. like that. It's, it's, it's a scary terrifying. figure. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I it's awful. That. Like breaking your hip at 75 yeah. is a really scary problem. Mm. Why you, how you stop yourself from that is you have to have strength in your legs, but and you also have to have power. And the reason is if you trip or you're going to fall, you have to have the foot speed, uh, the balance, all these things like similar, right? So it's a balance issue. You lost your balance, yes. Then two, you have to have the speed and power to get your foot out in front of you to be in the right position to stop that fall. Then you have to have the eccentric strength to brace it and stop from landing. So balance is there, coordination, speed and power, and then strength are all there. And so now like these are the things you have to do. So when you back calculate the training program to get there, you have to make sure that you're in a position where your joints are not extremely compromised, right? So you, you don't want to lose balance. Um, the way that we want to work on balance is 
Um, in fact, if you look at, I'm jumping, I'm going go a little bit sideways when we come right back. Uh, my friend Tommy Wood had a paper come out really recently um, looking at uh, delayed onset Parkinson's um, and um, or delayed onset uh, Alzheimer's and um, dementia. And one of the things he found is like there's six independent factors that um, are best at preventing those things. And they're, they're including things like physical exercise, of course, um, social connection, brain games. And then one of the other things he found was proprioception. And the biggest connection he had to that was nature. And people are sort of say that all the time. And you're like, well, why isn't being out in nature so important? Well, one of the reasons is because in order for your body to continue to maintain optimal balance over time, it needs to be challenged proprioceptively. And typically when you walk out in nature, you're not on flat concrete anymore. Mm -hmm. And so you're looking up, you're looking down, you're looking out in front of you, the landscape is moving and changing inside. And so you're, you're continuing to maintain your, your proprioception and your understanding of changing environments. There's a smell, right? The smell is out there. There's a light, there's a sound. All these are changing. When you're typically in your office all day, every single day, you have very few stimuli. By getting out in the natural world, now all those are, are changing. And so my biggest recommendation for maintaining balance over time is that out in nature when you can and or pick a sport or activity that is not controlled and linear. In other words, like the treadmill and lifting weights is not enough. But like tennis would be a good thing. Sure. Whether you're yeah. reacting to something else like tennis is fantastic or pickleball or surfing or jujitsu or like any number of other things where you have to react to an external stimuli, right? That is a fantastic way. So when we're looking through like a global health program, I'm looking for something that checks that box of, am I responding to the world somehow and then adjusting my body as quickly as I can? Thank you for listening to today's show and for your interest in health optimization for high performance. If you're new to my podcast, you may be interested to know that you can get a free health score and report complete with personalized recommendations on how to optimize your sleep, nutrition, fitness, and resilience in the top link in the show notes below. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Links to everything we talked about are also in the show notes. And if you enjoyed today's show, please subscribe for more.